Paul finished his course. Now, you have to understand what it means when you say Paul finished his course. We're going to get on that. That's why we are going to go back now and pick up today's subject in Acts chapter number 6, uh, verse 8 through verse 15. Let's go back there in Acts chapter number 6, and we're going to look at uh, verse 8 through verse number 14. We're going to read this because this is really something that Stephen said, and we're going to pick it up. Acts chapter number 6, when you get there, say amen. And we want to go all the way back to Acts chapter 6. We're going to look at verse number 8. We're going to start right there. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose a great, a, a certain other synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines, and Cyrenians, and Alexandrians, and of them of Cilicia, and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And the Bible said, but they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which Stephen spake. Then they suborned men, which says, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. Then the Bible said, and then they stirred up the people. Isn't that awesome? Then they stirred up the people. And the Bible said, and the elders and the scribes came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council. And they set up false witnesses, which says this man ceases not to speak blasphemous words against the temple, which is the holy place, and against God's law. And verse number 14, for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered us. Talking about the law. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on Stephen, saw his face as it had to been a face of an angel. So we're going to talk about Paul persecuted not, we're not going to use the word Paul. We're going to use the word Saul because that's who he was before he was Paul. Saul persecuted the church of God. Now, that's very important in this teaching that I'm doing in this series. Say that with me. Saul persecuted the church of God. All right. Now, this church of God, we're going to show you were the saints. Remember, they do have churches of Christ. But this is the church of God at Jerusalem. So all of the Jews are being persecuted. Paul already is one of those people. So what we want to do today is we want to look at this and we want to begin to see what's going on. Say that with me one more time. Paul persecuted, Saul persecuted. The church of God. 
Now, the first thing we want to do is go back and show you the church of God, because you have to understand who the church of God was. And so that's why I think this message is so important, because we're going to show you that these people were called saints. So we're going to, we're going to do Acts chapter number nine, but not now. We're going to go from seven and we're going to go. But let's just look at Acts nine thirteen, just one verse. Acts chapter 9 and verse 13. I'm showing you this because when they first called the Apostle Paul, this is the beginning of Paul's ministry. In Acts chapter 9 and verse number 13. It said, Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he has done to the saints at Jerusalem. Now, these people were called saints. We see they also were at Jerusalem. That's my point. We are showing you uh, what Paul did to the church of God because last week, uh, if I go back, I'm, I'm making this series. This is volume one. I'm only doing one volume. It may go to 20 tapes or something, but I'm only doing one volume. Volume one. Now, in volume one, part one and part two, I taught on the apostle Paul had received the crown of righteousness. Now, and then I gave you when I talked about what he received, which was the crown of righteousness. And then I said to you, it could not be us because our righteousness is free. We showed you that in Romans 5, 17, which I'm not going to. It's called the gift of righteousness. But their salvation was called the crown of righteousness because they were being rewarded for their deeds. They were being rewarded for their works. They had to work to get their salvation. See, that's why they will say Romans 3.30 by faith. By faith, you get righteous by what you do. In grace, you get righteousness because of who you are in Christ. Everybody understand that? So you don't get righteous by what you do. You get righteousness by who you are. Because you are God's son, you be God's daughter, you've been washed in his blood. God made you righteous. As a matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 5.21, God called us the righteousness of God. That's who you are. You, we are God's righteousness. But righteousness is what they had to get. They had to obtain God's righteousness. So what I want to do today is I want to show you Paul, Saul, I keep saying Saul, but he wasn't Paul into Acts 13. He persecuted the church of God. But I'm showing you that they were saints. See, a lot of times we read the Bible, we think everything was to the Gentile. No, it was to Jews first. And then to the Gentile. And so we have to understand there was something he said to the Jews, he wasn't saying to the church. And we're going to show you that. We, not the church of Christ, but he was saying it to the church that's at Jerusalem, or which were Jews. Now, with that in mind, volume one, part three and four. I taught you the day of the Lord's return. 
So you need to get these tapes if you have not. I taught on the day of the Lord's return. And like I said before, 90 plus, 95 percent plus churches teaches Jesus is still coming. And they have no scriptures to base that on. And I'm giving them a whole series on Jesus has already come. Because he did not come to us today. He came to the believing Jews at that time or to the nation of Israel. Because there were some things he had to do when he came there. So I gave you that. Let's go back that quickly. Acts chapter number 26 and verse 7 and 8. So when you look at God's word, you can see everything was there. Matter of fact, Acts 22, I'm sorry, not 26. Acts 22, and let's look at two verses there. Uh, Verse 11, Acts 22, verse 11 says, and when I could no longer, thank you, Acts chapter number 22, it says in verse 11, and when I could, could not see for this glory, this is when God knocked them down, of that light being led by the hand of them that were with him, he said, I came to Damascus. But in verse 12, it says, and one Ananias, the devout man, according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came to me and said, Saul, brother Saul, remember he wasn't Paul yet, receive thy sight. The same hour I looked up on him and God said to Paul, the God of our fathers has chosen you, Paul, that you should know his will and you're going to see that just one. And you're going to hear his voice of his mouth. You're going to be a witness unto all men, Paul, of what thou hast seen and heard. And now why tarrest thou rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord, because they were under the law at that time. And it came to pass, verse 17, that when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance. And the Lord said to me, make haste, get out of here quickly, out of Jerusalem, that is. For they would not receive your testimony concerning me. And in verse number 19, Paul says, Lord, they knew that I imprisoned. Remember, Paul persecuted the church. I imprisoned and I beat in every synagogue them that believed on thee. I imprisoned them, I beat them. And when the blood of thy martyr Stephen, which I read to you in Acts chapter 6, was consented unto his death, kept the raiment of that man that slew him. And he said to me, depart, I will send you from hence unto the Gentiles. So we know that was Paul's ministry, was to go to the Gentiles, although he was a Jew. So we're going to go to Acts 26 now, just verse 7 and 8. Watch who was waiting for the Lord to come. See, I'm showing you, I already showed you in the word of God uh, in part number three and four, the day of the Lord's return. Could not be our day. Because here it says in verse number seven, unto which 
prophet in which promise I'm sorry. Our 12 tribes. Now, you know, Israel do not have 12 tribes today. Clue number one. They were waiting, the 12 tribes of Israel was waiting for the promise of God made unto the fathers. Under which promise our 12 tribe instantly serving God day and night. Now, you know, they had not no 12 tribe no more. Hope to come. They was waiting for Christ to come. For which hope King Agrippa, I'm accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought as a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? So they was waiting for God to come to raise the dead because 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 said, when the Lord come, let's go to that right quick. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. See, if you put the Bible together, you can see it. You're not waiting for the Lord to come. If you would just be honest, all these people telling you about the Lord is coming, nobody waiting. Nobody watching. Because your spirit in you is not agreeing with your mouth. If you were watching for the Lord to come, you would not be out partying New Year's night. Let me move on quickly. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13 says, but I would not have you to be ignorant brothers. Now you have to understand, we're not talking about ignorant brothers. He just don't want them to be ignorant. He says, concerning them which are asleep, that we sorry not even as others which have no hope. Remember, they were waiting for the Lord to come, hoping for him to come. He said, for if we believe that Jesus died, and rose again, even so thou also that sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Now, when they sleep in Jesus, they sleep believing in Jesus. Your salvation was not believing in Jesus, the Son of God. They had died believing in Jesus. Verse 15 says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, and we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, remember what he said, for we, Paul included himself, for this we say, we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we, Paul included himself in the we, which are alive, we which are alive, and remain unto the coming of the Lord, shall not prevent them who have already died or who are already asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ. Those are the people who had died believing and following in Christ. Shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain. Then we which are alive. Again, then we which are alive and remain. Shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we. Everything is we. We ever be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. See, if you read the word, you will see everything Paul was including himself, even in the second coming. It can't be your day. Because he said, when, he, when the Lord come, he shall receive the crown of life or the crown of righteousness. All right, but you got your righteousness in Christ. All right, then the next thing I talk about was, where is the promise of his coming? Let's peep at that one time before we go, right? First Peter. First Peter chapter three. So all these things we have taught on in first Peter chapter three, he also told us that the first heaven and the first earth 
will pass away. And then when we watch the book of Revelation, and going to show you today, and the first heaven and the first, eight, first earth also was passed away. So it can't be you. Can't be you. The first earth, if you notice, the Bible always used the word earth singular, but always had the word heaven plural. And when it started out, it started out one heaven. And then after that, you begin to see the word heavens. Because that's who Jerusalem is, the heavens. Christ is the earth. Man is the earth. See? And so that's why you look at them as Jerusalem and the promised land. That's the same thing as the heaven and the earth. Oh, even Daniel prayed toward heaven. Well, Daniel didn't pray looking up. Daniel turned towards Jerusalem. You go back instead of the word. Daniel prayed towards Jerusalem. He called Jerusalem heaven. Why? Because that's where God lived. In the temple in Jerusalem. So when they built the temple, always the Bible already told you that. Uh, matter of fact, I go back and show you the first time. Let's go back to Exodus. I'm, I'm headed to my message. Let's go back to the book of Exodus. And watch what God is going to tell them to do when, when they get into the book of Exodus. He told them to build me a temple and told them how to build it. After the pattern that you have seen in the mount. So they had to build God's temple. And when they built God's temple, guess what God did? Once they finished building it, then God came down. Anybody know what verse that is? In the book of Exodus, 25. chapter 25. In Exodus chapter 25, we're going to do just that one verse. Now the rest you need to mark in your Bible. It says, and let them build me a sanctuary. Now what's a sanctuary? It's a temple. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So you have to understand this is the same thing. Even after come out of Egypt, what's the first thing God going to build? He's going to build a temple. He's going to build a sanctuary. After they came out of the days when they were in Babylon, what the first thing they build in the book of the three, three people, Nehemiah, Esther, and Esther. Ezra, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. What was the first three things they built? They came out and they built the temple. Then they built the wall around which would represent where Jerusalem would live. So that's why they built the temple. That's Ezra. Nehemiah came and built the wall and then Esther brought the people. To everything you see is patterns of what has happened today. The, the, the Bible started out in Genesis with heaven and earth or with Israel and, and Jerusalem and it's going to end in the 21st chapter and 22nd chapter of the book of Revelation. You can check and make sure it's 22 chapters. They're going to end with Israel and Jerusalem. Start out with Adam and Eve, the husband and the wife. It's going to end with the husband and his wife. Telling her, I come quickly. So you have to understand that's what this book is about. In Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Why did God build his temple? So he could come and live with his people. What are you going to see in the last chapter of the book of Revelation? Matter of fact, chapter 21, when John saw the new heaven and new earth coming down, and he says, and 
God was with them. So that's that's the whole in totality. So my job is to, is to show you all the in between so you can understand about this book. So I taught you about that. I taught you about uh, the crown of righteousness, the day of the Lord's return. Where's the promise of his coming? That's where we're going now. First Timothy, first Peter three. Let's go to that. So in Peter also, they talked about where's the prom- where's his promise of his coming. Since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were. He said, that's what they're saying. But they don't realize. I'm second, second Peter, right? I think I said first Peter. Second Peter chapter three and verse number 10. It said, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens, see that's Jerusalem, shall pass away with a great noise. Why? Because it's going to be burned up. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. It's going to be burning up. The earth also and all the works. Talking about Israel. Talking about all the works they've done. It's going to be burned up. That's what it's all about. So you go back to verse number uh, 4. 2 Peter 3, 4 is what we taught on. Where the promise of his coming. That was the question. That was the message. Where's the promise of his coming? And we went through that. So if you look at that and you go back and look at all the verses, verse 9 says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Then I showed you in Acts 26, 7 and 8, he promised to the fathers. So they was waiting for the fulfillment of the promise. What did he promise them? 1 John 2, 25. And this is the promise that he had promised us even eternal life. So all of that is what God did. So when you said Jesus hasn't come yet, you are saying Jesus did not keep his word. When you said Jesus hadn't come yet, you are saying the Lord did not fulfill his promise. So the Lord has come and the Lord has kept his promise to Israel. And then Paul was waiting for the crown of righteousness Now the Apostle Paul has not gotten his crown of righteousness yet. So where's Paul? He's still in the earth, in the tomb. But that's not true. But if you believe that way, and I don't think people intend to, they just don't sit down. And then judgment has not happened. I read to you last week that God judged the whore. Last week. That was Revelation chapter 18. He's already judged her. And she's already, which I taught last week, his wife has made herself ready. I read you that last week, Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. His wife has made herself ready. Listen to what it says. His wife hath, past tense. He called her wife. He said she has made herself ready. How did she do it? She had to go through tribulation. So that's why if you understand these things, it's, it's what it's all about. Now, we want to move on because we want, we want to show you some things that I think are going to be good. Let's, I know it's good because they're good to me. Let's go to Acts chapter number 21. I'm going to come back, back up. But I want to show you who was with Paul when he went to Damascus. Acts chapter 21, verse 37. See, you watch television. 
Don't get, don't get to see when you watch television. They just don't have enough money to really show you the whole, the, what the Bible says. So they give you enough to just to whet your appetite. But in Acts, the book of Acts chapter number 21. Let's go look at two verses and that's verse 37 and 38. When you get there, say amen. In verse 37 it says, And as Paul was led into the castle, he said to the chief priest, May I speak unto you? Can you speak Greek, he asked. And the chief captain said to Paul, Art thou not that Egyptian? Which before these days made it an uproar. And you led out of here into the wilderness four thousand men that were murderers. Said four thousand soldiers. So Paul was given an army of four thousand soldiers. Now just think about it now. His whole mission was to kill Christians. So that's why I go back to the book of Acts and you will see where they, were, they wanted to kill in chapter number five. I'm not going to be able to go back there. If you get a chance, you read chapter number five and you will see how they, matter of fact, I'll read something. Go to verse 36, uh, Acts 5, 36, and I'll read 36 through 39. See, if you go back and read the Bible, you will see what happened. That's what the book of Acts was. It says in, in verse number 36, we in Acts 5, 36. It says, for, for before these days rose up Thetis, boasted himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, he had 400 soldiers, joined themselves who were slain, and all as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. And this man rose up, after that rose up Judas of Galilee, not Judas' carrier, in the days of taxing, and drew away much people after him. He also perished, and all, even as many obeyed him, were dispersed or scattered. And now I said to you before, Refrain from these men. See, they were, they were, they, they was trying to, they had arrested the apostles. The 12 apostles that Jesus had was 11 now. But they already have killed James. And now they want to kill Peter. And then they also stoned Stephen in the next chapter. He said, but if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. Lest happily you be found even to fight against God. So these people doing it, that's why when they still killed Stephen, they looked at him as his face was the face of an angel. Now let's go back to the seventh chapter, verse 51. Acts chapter 7, verse 51, headed to my message. Paul persecuted the church of God. Acts chapter 7, verse 51. Now, he had already killed Stephen, already got the apostles arrested. He killed James. Now in verse 51, he, now they're going to kill Stephen. Stephen said before he died, you stiff neck, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your father did, so do you. Which of the prophets have you not your fathers persecuted? 
See, this is not the first thing. All these guys, these Jews and, and, and council of the Jews, they all had been persecuted. They've been persecuting the apostles, persecuting people that Jesus sent to them. So he says, in verse number 51, verse 52, which of the prophets have you not prophesied? Have you not persecuted? And they have slain them which were showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom you have been now the betrayals and murderers who have received the law by the dispensation of angels and have not kept it. These people was given the law and wouldn't keep it, and yet they will kill believers, murderers. Then they kill Stephen, verse 54. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. They gassed up on, on uh, uh, Stephen with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfast into heaven. He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Now that's an awesome thing when a man of God will begin to look up and he see into the, in, in, into the heaven's world. He see Jesus. And he said this to the Lord. Behold, I see the heavens open and I see the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Why was he standing? Because Paul saw him seated at the right hand of God. John, when they was persecuting the church, he was standing. You get to chapter number seven, he's here. Standing with the heavens wide open and Paul looked up and saw him. Changed his life forever. And verse number 56, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried with a loud voice and they stopped their ears and they ran upon him with one accord. They cast him out of the, of the city. Stoned that man. Now you have to understand when they stone you, they put you in a valley or something. That's going to be your grave. They're going to kill you and cover you up with stones. They cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. He wasn't Paul yet. And they stoned Stephen and Paul. Paul told them, kill him. The other cry with a loud voice, Lord. I'm sorry. In verse number uh, 59, they stoned Stephen, calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He kneeled down and he cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to the charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. By the time he finished his prayer, they had killed him. Now they were covering him up. That's how they did it. They killed him with stone and they covered him up with stone. That would be his grave. And then chapter number eight, start verse one. We're going to do the first four verses. Now watch what happened in Acts chapter eight, verse one. Saul now was consenting unto his death. He the one gave permission to kill Stephen. At that time, there was a great, there it is, persecution. So you got people telling you the great tribulation is coming. You can't show me nowhere in the Bible that there's going to be tribulation coming. But I can show you at Acts chapter 8. 
And, it, and watch what it says. And there was a time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. That's the church of God. Though were Jews, there was no church of the Gentiles, the body of Christ yet. It don't mean we wasn't there. We were there when God raised Jesus from the dead. But I'm talking about for the message of Romans and all of that preached because Paul had not started his ministry. He's, a, he's the apostle to the Gentiles. Amen. That's what he told us in Romans chapter 13, verse 11. He said that the church at Jerusalem and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea. Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. So it, was, it wasn't Gentiles. And the Bible said, devout men carried Stephen to his burial. They, they dug all those rocks, dug him out the rocks, and they made a great lamentation of him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, enter into every house, and hauling them out, dragging them out, women and children, and he committed them to prison. And if they didn't want the prison, they would die. And the Bible says in verse 4, therefore they were scattered abroad with everywhere preaching the word. Now, we've shown you the beginning of how they have persecuted the church. So let's go down and we showed you in Acts 21, 37, 38, where they had 4,000 men. I'm going to show you that one more time. That's how important this is to this assignment. In Acts chapter 26, I'm sorry. 21, 37. Acts 21, 37. Let's go to verse 28. 38, because that's what I want to show you one verse. Are not thou that Egyptian which before these days, verse 38, Acts 21, 38, made it an uproar, and you led out into the wilderness 4,000 men that were murderers. He was given an army to go and kill Christians at Jerusalem. Now that's why you have the book of Revelation. Let me say it again. That's why you have the book of Revelation. It's showing you Israel was persecuted. Israel was, was killed. And we're going to show you every church that went through this persecution. Now, I'm going to get into Acts chapter 22. And I'm going I'm to read. Well, I, I can do that now because I want to go from there to Revelation. Let's go to Acts 22. We're going to start reading uh, 1 through 10. Acts chapter 22. My point is, I got some things I got to show you. The book of Acts uh, chapter number 22. That's why you have the book of Revelation. Revelation is going to tell you about the tribulation. God revealed his word to the apostle John, while he was on the island of Patmos. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to do Acts 22 right now. I'm just going to do the seven churches because I want to get this in that bad. Showing you the seven churches. Let's go to Revelation chapter 1 and start reading with verse 1. I want to get this in. I got about 15 to 16 minutes, so I want to make sure I start you off on Revelation because the other things I would do the second service. Showing you Paul persecuted church. He persecuted church. That's why you have the book of Revelation. He was destroying the heavens. 
And there it. All right. Revelation chapter one, verse one. When you read this, you got to understand Peter, James and John wrote to the Jewish believer. Paul wrote to the Gentiles. Let's always understand that. Revelation chapter one, verse one, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God has given to him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And yet people would tell you it haven't happened yet. When he got this writing from John, John was on the island of Patmos, and John told them these are the things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and he signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bear record of the word of God, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, which was Christ was the son of God. That was the testimony of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the son of God. Blessed he that readeth and they that hear the word of this prophecy. Now remember, it was called prophecy because everything they was telling, that, Paul, that John was telling them would happen. And all had to do with Jesus' second coming. You can't learn about Jesus' second coming if you don't read the book of Revelation with an understanding. So here it is in verse 4. He says he wrote to the seven churches which are in Asia, Greece, being unto you, and peace from him which is, which was, which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness. And the first begotten of the dead. And the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us past him. And washed us from our sins in his own blood. Now this is what happened to the wife. The one that will follow Christ. The rest were going to have to go through tribulation. So you had two tribes, Judah and Jerusalem. And then you had, that's the two, then you had the ten. Which was twelve tribes. And verse number six. And has made us kings and priests. He's quoting Old Testament. Unto our God, his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Behold, he's talking to the church, the woman. He's coming with clouds. Why is that so important? Because he's coming to get his bride to make her his wife. So he's coming with clouds. Every eye shall see him. They also which pierce him. Now, every eye going to see him, they also which pierce him. That means that the people who killed Jesus with the sword were still alive. They also which pierced his side. And all kindred, that word kindred means tribes, and all the tribes of Israel. Remember the word earth is Israel. All the tribes of Israel shall well because of him. Amen. I'm Alpha and Omega, I'm the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. And verse 9 says, and I, John, who who also am your brother and companion in tribulation. So you know, I showed you in Acts chapter 1 and 2, they were in great tribulation. John says he was on the island of Patmos 
I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, I was on, I was in the island called Patmos. I was there for the word of God. He had to write the word of God. Jesus was telling him to, to write these, the book of Revelation and send it to the seven churches. So here he was in the isle that's called Patmos for the word of God, writing the word of God, what he was doing. And for the testimony of Jesus Christ, because he believed and confessed Jesus Christ was Lord, he was also put there on the island of Patmos. But while he was there, he wrote the book of Revelation, or everything God showed him on the, of the book of Revelation. I won't say he wrote it while he was there, but I'm saying this is what God showed him, gave him the vision. And verse 10 says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me. Now watch what he's going to see. He's on the island of Patmos. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was written in twain from the top to the bottom. And now John was on the island of Patmos and he could see Jesus in the temple. Watch this. And verse number 10 says, I was in the spirit. That's what it means. On the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a great voice saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book, send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. Send it to Ephesus. Send it to Smyrna. Send it to Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and last, Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. He's on the island of Patmos, but he's looking in a vision, in a trance. He's in the spirit. And God have him in the temple. And he see in the temple the Lord. And he's amidst the golden candlesticks. I turned to see the voice. He spake to me in verse 12. I saw seven golden candlesticks. In the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like the Son of Man. I saw him in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, which is the seven churches. Clothed with a garment down to the foot. His girdle about the preps with a golden girdle. His head and his hair were white like wool, white as snow. His eye was a flame of fire. His feet likened to fine brass. If it had burned in the furnace, because he had been to hell. His feet also were the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth was a sharp two-edged sword. I know that it had to be judgment. Because it said there, out of his mouth was a two, out of his mouth with a sharp two-edged sword. And if you search your word out real good, you'll find out that Jesus Christ, when he came, he smote the dragon with the words of his mouth. I already told you that. He smote him with the word of his mouth. All right. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as they were dead. He said, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of hell and of death. All right. So when we see this, we know that was the Lord Jesus Christ. But as you go, it's, it goes into the seven churches. Now, the last two verses of the seven churches say, right, the thing which I have, have said, and the thing which are, and the thing which shall be hereafter, 
the midst of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand are the seven golden and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the preachers or the pastors of the seven churches. He's letting them know I have them in my hand. And then it says, and the seven candlesticks, which are the seven churches, I have them in my hand. Which thou said, which thou saw of the seven in the seven church. But he says, I have them in my hand is what he's saying. Otherwise, they're going through tribulation, but I'm the one causing it. They're in my hand. They're going to have to go through tribulation. So the first church he wrote about was Ephesus. And I'm not going to be able to read this. I'm going to go down to what he told her to remember. Verse 5. In verse 4, he told her she had left her first love. Verse 5 says, Therefore, from whence thou art fallen. Look what it says. Verse 4. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Revelation chapter 2, verse 4. That's what we know. Revelation 2 and 4. All right. They had left their first love. Verse 5. Remember, therefore, whence thou art fallen and repent. Now, in every one of those churches, he's going to say repent, just like he did in Acts 2.38. Repent. Do the first works, or else I will come unto you quickly. Remember, he, he came to the seven churches. They were in his hand. And if they didn't repent, it, Hebrew said it's a dangerous thing to be in the hands of the living God. Because he's a consuming fire. He said, I will come into thee quickly. I will remove your candlestick. Those were churches. Out of his place, except you repent. But this thou hast, that thou hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that has an ear, let him heal what the Spirit, say to the churches. To him that overcometh, would I give the eat of the tree of life. That's eternal life. Which is the midst of the paradise of God, eternal life. But they had to overcome they, they, they had to overcome. That's why they were given faith. Watch what John, I'm going to come right back to Revelation. Let's go to 1 John 4. Watch what God had already revealed to John about these churches. And they had to overcome. They had to overcome with their faith. 1 John 5, 4 is where we want to start. God gave him all faith. The parable says he gave him all a penny. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But when he got over to Peter, I mean Paul, Paul said he dealt every man the measure of faith. Now, their faith is being tried now because they are in persecution. So 1 John 5, start reading with verse 4, says, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory overcometh the world even our faith. So he, if they had faith, they would overcome the world. Whatever they were going through, they would overcome it if they had the faith. That's why your faith is so important. Then he said, whosoever, who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So their salvation was Jesus the Son of God. Your salvation is Jesus the Christ the Son of God, but it is the death and resurrection of Christ. Not just who he is, but what he has done for you. 
They didn't have to go what he has done. They had to go in just what, who he is. And then in verse 6 said, This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by also water and blood. And it's the spirit that bear witness because the spirit is truth. So they had to overcome by the word. Now let's go back to it forward, I'm sorry, to the book of Revelation. And let's look at the second church, shall we? In Revelation chapter 2, I gave you already chapter 2, the second church, the first church was Ephesus. Then I said a second church, Revelation 2 and 8, is the second church. Let's go to that. Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 8 is the second church. Verse 8 says, and unto the angel of the church is smart. So he wrote a letter to that pastor. These things said the first and the last, which says that were dead and alive. I know your works. Watch what everything was work, so it can't be us. I know your work, and watch this what he says, and your tribulation, and your poverty. But you are rich. And you you know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews. So when he say you're rich, he's talking about pride. And are not, but are the synagogues of Satan. Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you in the prison. Now Jesus told them that in Matthew chapter 10. You get a chance you want to read that? That's what he told them that. They're going to cast some of you in the prison. And that you may be tried. He's trying your faith. You're going to have tribulation 10 days. You be faithful unto death. They had to give their life. If they renounced Jesus, their head would cut off. He said, be faithful to death and I will give you a crown of life. He that has ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Everything is next, I know your works. But in verse 17, watch what he's going to say, the last thing I'm going to read in verse 17 of this chapter. Revelation 2, 17 says, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that overcometh, would I give to eat of the hidden manna. And will give him a white stone, and in that stone a new name. Written, which no man knoweth, save he that receiveth it. That was the new stone. In, the, in, in Thyatira, I'm going to do Thyatira, I'm done. It says, in Thyatira, in verse 18 and 19. So let's start reading with verse 18. He says, and unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who has the eyes, his eyes like unto a flame of fire, his feet like unto fine brass. I know your works. Everything is works. Remember, it can't be you. You're not saved by works. You're saved by grace. I know your works and your charity, your service, and your faith. I know your patience. I know your works and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, what was their problem again? Notwithstanding, I have a few things against you because they allowed that woman Jezebel, which called herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my people. They were allowing false prophets to come to their churches. He says, to come to commit fornication, to eat things, sacrifice to idols, following the false prophets. But here in verse 22, I will cast her into a, bla a bed, and them that commit adultery with her, talking about the woman, 
into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. See, that's why he said, I know this, this woman, how she was doing. And I will kill her children with death. He talked about Israel. That's what happened to them. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the heart, the reins, and I will give unto everyone according to their works. You know it's not you. But I say to you, in Thyatira, and as many have not this doctrine, which have not known the depths of Satan, and they speak, I would put upon him none other burden. But that which we have already, which is his faith, hold fast till I come. He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end. That's what Hebrew told you. To him I will give power over the nations. Talking about the other 11 nations of Israel. He shall rule them with a rod of iron and the vessels of a potter. And they, they uh, to the border of his, to shivers. Even as I receive of my father, a vessel of potter, shall they be broken to shivers, even as I receive of my father. And I will give him the morning star. That's Christ himself. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit say through the churches. I'm going to start at Sardis, the next teaching. I want to begin to show, I want to show you, that's the last chapter coming up, is chapter 3. And I will be able to do Sardis and uh, uh, Philadelphia and Laodicea. So those are the things. Those are the churches that went through tribulation. Even the apostles went through tribulation. Paul went through tribulation. All the people that day went through tribulation. Tribulation is not go, going on in your time. Tribulation went on in the Bible already with the churches. You have freedom in America that you can go and worship like you are doing this morning. It's no tribulation. See, they were in tribulation. That's why all those things come upon them. And I read to you last week, Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 4. When thou art in tribulation. So it was Israel in tribulation. That's the last verse I show you. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 4. I gave that last week. So you got those, when you got this kind of stuff. I think I gave you the right verse, didn't I? When thou in tribulation. You're saying it, but Deuteronomy 4 and 30. I'm saying 30 and 4, opposite. That's why I always say, that's what I need help with. When I say something wrong, I'm going to go listen to the message, and the message is going to say, oh, it was Deuteronomy 4 30. That's what you should have told me. I could have changed it. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 30. Watch what he said to Israel. As I go to this camera, we're going to close up. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 30. Watch what he says. When thou art in tribulation, come on, he's not talking about you. He told Israel, look, when you're in tribulation, all these things are going to come upon you. That's what I'm reading now. Even in the latter days, if you turn to the Lord, if you repent you, and be obedient to my word, the Lord God is merciful 
He will not forsake you, nor destroy you, nor forget the coming of your fathers. That's Acts 26, 6 and 7, which he swear. So all Israel had to do was repent and the tribulation would have been over for them. Hey, my time is already gone. But before I do that, I want to read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, told you how to be saved. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I preach to you unless you have believed in vain. I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and he was buried, and God raised him from the dead again. This is your salvation. I want to know, do you have it? Do you have God's salvation, the Holy Spirit in your heart? If you do not, say this with me. Lord Jesus, I receive your son, Jesus Christ, by believing his death, burial, and resurrection. I receive the Holy Spirit by believing Christ died for my sin. He was buried and God raised him again from the dead. If you pray that prayer, my friend, whoever you are, my sister, my brother, wherever you are, the Holy Spirit will come to live in you. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.